This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that brings you deep dive interviews with the motorcycle industry insiders and racers that make the sport move. I'm host Dale Spangler, and this week my guest is Brad Gebhardt, motocross superfan, founder of Big MX Radio, and contributor to the motocross website, Verb Moto. This episode is brought to you by Moto America. See the fastest racing on two wheels. It's Moto America Superbikes at Ridge Motorsports Park, June 23rd through the 25th, with five racing classes, including 190 mile per hour superbikes and round two of the Super Hooligan National Championship. It's fun for the entire family with available VIP packages for the ultimate fan experience, including rider meet and greet and a free swag bag. It's Moto America Superbikes at Ridge Motorsports Park, June 23rd through the 25th. Reserve your tickets and camping spot today at MotoAmerica.com. Let's get started. Brad Gebhardt, thank you for your time today and willingness to come on and tell some stories about your passion for power sports. So how are things in Alberta today? Uh, hey, how's it going there, Dale? Uh, I actually don't know how things are doing in Alberta because I live in Manitoba, Canada, just north of Dang Millville, it. Minnesota. Not a problem, my friend. It's a big nation. Uh, Alberta's only about 13 hours away from where I live, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, yeah, like believe it or not, there is something eight hours north of Millville, Minnesota, where uh, I currently reside and live, Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is uh, only about 25 minutes away from uh, where the great Steve Math is originally from so yeah. uh, uh lots of moto shit talking coming out of the same area dude that must be what it is i get it got that one totally wrong for some reason i thought you were straight north of me but yeah manitoba over by minnesota not even close i had this weird little little fact i was going to point out because i'm like i've never heard of this before there's a place in alberta i know we're in the wrong direction here but it's called head smashed in buffalo jump world heritage site have you heard of this in canada <laughs> Uh, I've heard of that. There's also a town in Saskatchewan called Indian Head of all place of all things. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we've we kind of ran out of things to name uh, things <laughs> after. Honestly, it's such a large nation that uh, uh, you never know what might pop up. As far as uh, heck, they, they, like in Saskatchewan, they have the city that rhymes with fun, uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a great landscape. Uh, they always say uh, Al- or Minnesota, the land of ten thousand lakes. Well, the province that I'm from is a land of 100,000 lakes, but uh, I don't think anybody tuned into uh, the podcast to get a geography lesson on Canada, unless they did, and I can uh, just wax intellectually and spout out some random knowledge about that, too. We'll get to the moto stuff, but the Canada stuff's pretty interesting, too. But So let's talk about your podcast, Big MX Radio. Gosh, you've been around for a while now, man. Like I, I looked at it, and I'm like, you started in 2014. How many total guests have you had on your show to date? 
Uh, number of guests, uh, your guests might be as good as mine, although I have had you on the show, so I know we've had at least one. But this last week, we released episode 942 of the Big what? MX Radio podcast. Uh, there's been some repeat offenders over the years. Uh, and, uh, and sometimes when, uh, when the temperatures are, are bitterly cold up here, you know what, there isn't a whole lot for me to do aside from watching old reruns of Great Outdoors videos, uh, as well as uh, Travis Pastrana's uh, Revelation 199. And when I'm done with all that, I call up people and talk dirt bikes. And that's how we've amassed over 900 episodes of the Big MX Radio podcast, man. We just keep swinging the axe. I know you're not. You've never been bashful. You'll just call up anybody. Hey, let's let's talk dirt bikes. And so you've been able to get 940 something people to do that. I mean, I feel like you definitely have a super fan status to begin with. I feel like that's what initially sparked your show. But you know, what was it that sparked the idea of Big MX Radio? Was it something you thought about for a few years before you actually started it? Uh, I, maybe I thought about it for a little while. It's one of those things where, Dale, I've always had a little bit of uh, a gift of just being able to remember random facts and stats, where each race happened, where like who, who the running order was, uh, how certain championships broke down, uh, and just being able to be sort of that uh, knowledgeable individual on the tailgate. When the motos were done and dusted for the day, I was usually uh, one of the more knowledgeable individuals at the track. Uh, so I'd throw my shoulder out, patting myself on the back for something like along those lines. But what it really came down to, Dale, is through the heart and soul of entrepreneurship is solving a problem. And back in 2014, or I guess it probably in 2013, really, because I, I incorporated the name for Big MX Radio in, in December of 2013. At that point, essentially, there were two podcasts that existed. Uh, there was DMXS Radio, which, of course, was a live radio show that uh, I used to listen to on a weekly basis. And then, of course, shortly thereafter, Steve Mathis comes out with his podcast as well as the Pulp Mech show. And uh, at that time, he was only doing the race review show. He would do uh, some long introspective podcasts with the, the heroes of the sport, which is really what got me like into that like next level fandom of the sport. And he would do the Pulp Mech show. And honestly, I would either listen to it live or I would listen to it throughout the day on Tuesday, which meant around dinner time on Tuesday, I was out of podcasts to listen to. Uh, and that was a problem that I I had and I thought to myself that might be a problem that a lot of other individuals have and they might be hungry for more information and you as well as I know there's a lot more storylines that go out there than what Steve can cover over a five-hour period and there's only there's only so much time he can dedicate to certain things and I thought that maybe I'd be able to fill that void and maybe along the way I might be able to pull myself closer to a sport that I already love so much and uh, I'd like to think that I've been able to do that so far we've been rather modest about um, our, our expectations throughout the last nine years. But like I said, we keep swinging the axe. We keep showing up every single week and, uh, and trying to put out uh, thought-provoking podcasts that I thought of like sort of a person like myself might be interested in listening to. And uh, I, we, it's been a, a, an amazing journey. We've been able to do some amazing things. And I'm proud to say that since 2016, Big MX Radio has been an accredited member of the media whether it's an outdoor national or a supercross, uh, they welcome me into the press box. And that has been a huge feather in my cap, a great honor and something that I don't take lightly. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's a passion project that over time is, you know, turned into something big, you know, pun intended there. You've been able to put the time in because, you know, that's a big one too, you know, to keep doing it week after week. There's a lot of credit due right there. I mean, it's over time, it can start to wear you down. You go, what, what am I doing with this? But really, it comes back to you're just passionate about talking about dirt bikes. So no matter what, it seems like you're down to talk about them. 
Certainly. And what it really has come down to, Dale, honestly, like for those who don't know, uh, my bread and butter was bricklaying throughout my late teens and and throughout my 20s as well. Uh, So that was sort of baked into the pie that I was going to be a bricklayer, whether I liked it or not sort of thing. And I actually (laughs) got my journeyman certificate when I was 20 years old, the youngest bricklayer to get that distinction in, in Western Canada, period, which was cool for me to have, but obviously that was a nice thing for me to be able to fall back on every single summer. But that's also a very seasonal trade. Up here in Canada, we get temperatures of minus 30. You're not laying bricks in minus 30. Uh, and that opened the door for me to have some time off in in the winter time. Um, and that's where I was able to uh, go down to California and go to seven or eight rounds, uh, being able to go to different events. Obviously, uh, with COVID, I wasn't able to go to nearly as many with the Canadian border being kind of closed to travel for quite some time. But we were able to get through that as well. And uh, it's just been so much fun. Every single year, I, I get to experience things that I wouldn't otherwise get to experience if I didn't continue with the podcast. And I have such an amazing conversations with people. It's slowly but surely turned into something that I can consider to become a business. Big MX Radio, of course, named after myself, kind of. My my initials are B-I-G, and I wanted to make the media sphere a little bit bigger. Uh, so we kind of got two birds stone when it came to that. What that's allowed me to do is connect with amazing people like Brent Stallo, like Chase Stallo, and of course, Wes Williams over at Verb Moto. And honestly, I, I thank myself for not giving up the number of times where like there'd be years, uh, Dale, or you as well as I know, I probably did uh, 100 plus podcasts for... Uh, a free back tire and a free set of gear from Fly Racing, which of course was sent to me by you. Um, but uh, yeah, like it's it's one of those things where maybe like dollars and cents didn't always uh, totally uh, make sense throughout the the years, but it's gotten to somewhere where I'm actually making a living from the podcast now, and that frees up more opportunity to have conversations like this. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to hear that because. You know, you put the time in and you've had the great guests. And so, you know, I feel like you deserve to have some some reward for that. So speaking of some of the guests, though, like you've had some amazing of those 900 plus guests, Davey Coombs, you've had him on, you've had people like Jeff Ward. I mean, are there some favorites to stand out uh, besides me, of course, that you had on? But are there a few favorites? Oh, <laughs> uh, Dale, you know you're high on the list. But honestly, for me, it's like I, I love talking to the modern guys. Like I could literally have Zach Osborne on my show every single week and we would just kind of go off on tangents. Like I like you said, it's the it's the the Jeff Wards. It's the Johnny O'Mara's. I did t- like the first year of the podcast. My first really big guest that I had on was Steve Lampson. Yeah. And um, I enjoyed the conversation so much and he enjoyed this conversation so much that at one point we were two and a half hours into the thing and I was like hey man do you need to go and he's like you know what man I've been enjoying the conversation so much and you know so much about the stats that I just kind of kept let, let you keep running with it so <laughs> it's stuff like that that have been really uh rewarding and uh honestly one of, one of my sort of career highlights if you want to call it a career highlight was it wasn't even a big mx radio podcast it was actually an episode that I recorded for uh, ESPN radio they invited me to sit between Rick Johnson and Jeremy McGrath, and I would be the uh, the host of this at, uh, I think it was 2017, so I'm 28 years old, sitting between literally like 1A and 1B as far as Supercross, like at one point they were both the winningest racer in that series. In fact, they're the last two to have the, the most, most wins and, and to carry that distinction. That was uh, an incredible experience that uh, I could have only gotten by uh, continuing on with the podcast. And, and it's moments like that that have kept me going. 
absolute legends, you know, so that was kind of like a bucket list moment for sure. So let's talk about, you mentioned, you know, the Verb Moto crew and how you've kind of, from what I understand, taken on like a new contributing role with those guys. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. Like I saw where you're doing some some weekly columns, you know, or, or maybe it's monthly columns. You even hosted the Vanilla Racing broadcast recently when the guy, other guys were out of town. So, so yeah, tell us about how you got hooked up with Verb and, and what you're going to be doing with them. Well, Dale, I'll tell you this much. There are uh, a lot of different tips and tricks that come out of the Swiss Army knife that is Big MX Radio. The different things that I've been able to do with the podcast allow me to have some different perspective as well as sort of these skills that I sort of had to build by doing the podcast. Um, being up here in Canada and, and not having a lot of resources or funding, uh, I kind of had to be a one-man show, uh, which allowed me to sort of dabble into a lot of different things. And and that's what I've, I've been able to do with Verb. Wes Williams and the boys, they essentially contacted me about three months ago, maybe a little bit longer ago, uh, and essentially said, hey, we like what you do. You work too damn hard to, to not really get, uh, uh, not, you're not getting enough out of it, essentially is what they said. And, and I totally agreed with them. So they allowed me to continue to do Big MX Radio as, uh, as still my project. And that's something that is sort of like close to home and they want me to continue with that. But I also contribute at least a couple of times a week uh, with written form stuff, whether it's uh, transcribing interviews or or writing uh, a number of different articles. Like I've, I've done, uh, I, at first we did something called Five Guys, uh, which you an- you answered some questions for me. And uh, you can blame Chase Stallo as to why those didn't end up coming out. <laughs> as uh, sometimes your editor says, hey, man, uh, your, your, your article's not... Not, not really bringing in the numbers and I'm like that's totally fair it's only been six weeks um, but uh, either way um, we've sort of pivoted and, and they've put me in different positions to be successful uh, I traveled to the World Mini this year with them uh, to hype people up and do some vlog work with them uh, I'd never done a vlog in my entire life uh, and we did the exact same thing at uh, the Verbadilla J-Day event uh, about a one month's time ago as well and yeah, they, they've given me the opportunity to do so many fun things with them. And they're such a fun group to be around. Uh, it's kind of a match made in heaven. I think I mentioned to, to them multiple times uh, the first time I worked with them at World Mini that there's never been a group that I've sort of just like inserted myself with and you just hit it off that easily. Um, Brent Stallo, uh, literally the two of us, like he picked me up in a rental car and uh, and, and we were smiling ear to ear laughing the entire way to, to Mesquite MX. And if, if for those who haven't been there, uh, put World Mini on your, your schedule from ne- for next year because that RMX series is, uh, is pretty, pretty wild. Yeah, it was cool that Verb was, you know, behind helping bring that back this year. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed what you did there because I thought it was really hilarious, kind of off the cuff stuff where you're just, I don't know, it was humorous, you know, like I feel like we need more of that. So it seemed like these events, you know, Verb is always creating these really cool events like the Verb Shred Tour. Are you going to get to go to a couple more of those? I see where there's one coming up in Illinois uh, next month in, in July. And then there's the one in Washougal, the Verb Moto Palooza, which is, looks like it's going to be four or five days of just shredding at Washougal. Sounds amazing. Washougal, Lincoln Trail in Illinois, the Loretta Lynn's, you name it. Uh, if you're going to a Verb Shred Tour event this summer, you're going to see my ugly mug uh, probably <laughs> walking around with a GoPro uh, doing my best impression of something you might see on Barstool Sports, maybe like on the motocross version of that. We like to have fun, we like to keep it light, and we love to just get people stoked about dirt bikes. And the reality is, is about Verb is that as much as we shed light on the, the pro level of racing, Verb is for the people. It's for motocross fans, by motocross fans. People who just love the fibers that make up the fabric of 
motocross and just what makes it so amazing, the sights, the smells, the people who don't shy away from getting a little bit romantic about what makes this community and just being at the at the event so, so special. So they get it, which is something that uh, is a huge breath of fresh air for me. And I'm really excited to become more of a part of that. And yes, uh, if there's a Verb Shred Tour event uh, near you uh, throughout this summer, I will be there. Um, they're, they're also sending me to uh, my, my first time ever going to the ranch. So nice. uh, yeah, much to the chagrin of my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be uh, on the road and uh, and flying the flag for Verb. I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. Just sweating it out in that 100 degree humidity in Tennessee. You're going to love it. Oh yeah. I, awesome. I, I'm yet to experience. Well, you know what? We do get some pretty uh, humid days up here in Canada, believe it or not. We get not mid nineties and crazy humidity, and we also get minus forty, which uh, for most people listening is just a number they can't really fathom how cold yeah. it really is. Yeah, um, yeah, it's probably as cold as my ex girlfriend's heart, but that's fine. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, though, I'm excited about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. One other thing I wanted to kind of call attention to before we move on to another subject, I also like what you're doing lately with these. You, know, you kind of grab a video of, of something that sort of went somewhat viral, like the, the Kai DeWolf scrub is a perfect example. Time Master Pool, School and Factory Riders. Like, and then you kind of just do this quick little blurb. And I feel like every one of the ones I've watched, like you're, you're saying exactly what I'm thinking in my mind, you know, the first time I saw the video. And so fun little idea where you're just calling attention to something that just absolutely blows people's minds and that most mortals can't even imagine achieving on a dirt bike. Well, Dale, are we not more similar than we are different when it comes to to motocross? These commonalities that exist between racers of just being blown away by some of the feats and abilities that some people, some of the racers are able to accomplish, it blows our wig back. It like when it comes to whether it's Axel Hodges uh, landing off of a jump and and just nosing the bike down and basically just doing a stoppy all the way down. Like I, I can't do a stoppy on flat ground, yeah. let alone coming off of a jump where I just did a backflip or I just did like a Superman seat grab or something along those lines. And then you get guys like Kai DeWolf who like. I wish I could do anything with the amount of confidence that that guy whips or scrubs a motorcycle. It is absolutely awe-inspiring. But then you also remind yourself that these guys, these kids have more time behind the controls of a dirt bike than you and I have driving a car, uh, even though I've driven to California three times in my F-150. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> only stopped the one time. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of a fun thing that I like to do on social media sometime. If you're not already following Big MX Radio on Instagram, that's honestly more my fault than it is yours. But uh, uh, yeah, we keep it consistent. We keep swinging the axe, like I mentioned earlier. And uh, yeah, we have some fun with it. No, I love that kind of little stuff because I'm I'm always, when I'm watching the broadcast, I'm looking for like those little things that these riders are doing. You know, like I saw Jet Lawrence at High Point this past weekend, you know, come standing up into a turn, this huge rut, you know, a massive outside turn rut, stood all the way through it like it was nothing. And then just accelerated, you know, and I'm going, this, he just makes it so simple. But to do that is ridiculously difficult. Things like that are what I feel like you've been pointing out in these posts. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, wow, this is, how is that even humanly possible? Seriously? Yeah. Like the, the, some of these, the things that these guys do on a dirt bike, it's, it's truly awe-inspiring. And what's crazy about the sport of motocross is that it's completely unlike sort of your stick and ball sports, whether it's, it's hockey up here in Canada, football, baseball, whichever. Like, say, if you live in, like, Wisconsin, you don't have, like, a local Wisconsin baseball player who doesn't play professionally at all, who just happens to be, like, 
they, they, they themselves have some next level skills throwing a baseball or, or picking somebody off at second base or something like that. But in motocross, because we have local racing, you have these like sort of local superstars that they might not be on the same level of a Jet Lawrence or a, or a Ricky Carmichael, but in their own right, like I, I'm still kind of a mid-pack A-rider here in Canada. And yeah, there's even some local guys that will put eight, 10 seconds a lap on me. I, I think that that's so unique to, to motocross is that you can have people right in your own backyard who have some pretty impressive skills of their own. Uh, and then if they went to an outdoor national, they'd find themselves not one, not two, but maybe even three laps down. It's pretty wild. That is unique about motocross because every area kind of has the regional or a local hero to where, you know, like Southwick is a really good example to me because there's so many fast riders up there that you go to that national and you'll see, you know, there's probably 10 riders of the 40 that are locals and they're hauling, you know, like usually up front. So yeah, it's definitely unique in that aspect where they can be someone that could be at a pro level, but not necessarily be racing pro at a consistent level. Oh, yeah. You get uh, Robbie Marshall and uh, Chris Canning out there. Yeah. Uh, just uh, maybe Gavin Gregoire as well. Uh, <laughs> those guys are all uh, super, super impressive. Um, uh, wicked fast. Oh, they're wicked fast, man. Uh, <laughs> wicked fast, they're but uh, in all in all seriousness, uh, yeah, uh, Jet Lawrence probably still find a way to put those guys two laps down. Before you finish today's episode, first we have a word from our sponsor. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's talk more about Jet Lawrence and the, the, this new technique. And you know, I talked a little bit about it with the Verb guys when I was on their podcast. You know, like this new school of riding technique where he just looks like he's not, not even moving on the motorcycle for one in a centered position, I guess you could say. And then, like I was saying, those long rutted quarters, he just stands all the way through him, never really even puts his leg out. And I don't know like where this came from, but it just seems like a lot of the younger riders coming up are starting to notice that. Like I've even noticed it in some of the 250 guys like Ryder DeFrancisco, Kitchen, Chance Hymas. Of course, he rides with them. Did you notice that, you know, like this new new school style of Jet Lawrence's showing up when you went to the World Mini? You do see a little bit of that. Like you see like some of the youngsters who are on the like they're on 50s, 60s, uh, even some kids in the super mini class that uh, clearly they've uh, they've glued themselves to YouTube and uh, they watch Jet do what he does. Not totally un unlike uh, myself watching old video uh, of James Stewart. If you look at what James brought to the sport of motocross in 2002 forward, um, his impact and the intensity that he raced with uh, was basically it reverberated through the entire sport. By the time Ryan Villapoto shows up in 2006, that's how everybody rode. Yep. Everybody uh, was, was flipping the bike on its side over the jumps and, and pushing through rhythm sections. And the, the guys who'd been around for a while, they had to adjust. 
And I think we're seeing a lot of that similarly with Jet. And I think what that stems from is just the diversity of his background as far as uh, where he pulls knowledge from. He's got his uh, Australian influences. It hasn't been that long since he was over in Europe, which probably provides like the basis of how he and his brother like to set up a motorcycle. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that they like to have things a little bit softer than your average North American rider. But then you also inject sort of the knowledge of a guy like Shane Drew, who is not only a chassis specialist, but also one of the crew chiefs over at uh, HRC. And of course, Lars Lindstrom as well, who's literally been through there the entire gamut. Um, so you have so many smart people around them sort of... Uh, uh, giving their two cents of how they can all put it together. And then, of course, you have uh, the real crown jewel, which is that top-level rider uh, and an absolutely um, immeasurable talent right now in Jet of his just his, the way he's innovating and he's recreating. It's almost an artist out there. And the, the motocross track is his canvas. He's able to, to basically put his own spin on how to go fast. And it does kind of jump off the page to a lot of people of just being able to see him not be just charging through stuff, but instead keeping up a lot of momentum, staying on the pegs. And there's honestly times out there where he literally looks like he's cruising. Sometimes he's looking around, but then you also look at the lap times and like it might look different, but it's going fast. And that's what really matters. Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like he's changing the way that racers are even looking at going about a boto. I heard, you know, Ricky mention it over the weekend. Like, you know, he'd go for broke and win by 45 seconds sometimes. But like Jet, he just kind of controls the race and gets a four or five second gap and he's good with it, you know, which I think most people would probably feel like, no, I need to just keep going. I need to keep pulling away, you know, and make a statement. But for some reason for him, all the other pieces are in place. He's got the fitness. Like you said, he's got the bike. I mean, he just looks flawless on that motorcycle. Like I've, I haven't never seen anything like it, you know, in, in a long time. Like you said, so probably since Stewart. Seriously. And, and you know what? This summer is a little bit of a perfect storm to get exactly what we've gotten so far. If you really look at, and not to discredit Jet whatsoever as far as his results go, but obviously the untimely injury to Eli Tomac, yep. uh, I would like to think that Eli would have a little bit more for Jet. Chase Sexton, same idea. So then you've almost completely altered your podium. If you had Ken Roxon making a full effort for outdoors, there's a third rider that clearly can run his pace. Uh, so maybe the landscape looks a little bit different again. And then also you can consider the fact that Aaron Plessinger coming into the outdoors was not at full steam, still nursing a few injuries this era and that. Cooper Webb basically made a full commitment to racing the series about 10 days out from actually racing the series period, which is like the only other person that I think that has ever done that is uh, Chad Reed back in 2009, although that worked out pretty well for Chad. Uh, he did need uh, Michael Lessey to uh, turn his knee inside out in order for him to win that championship. But either way, he was able to do so. He raced one 35 minute moto prior to uh, the start of that season was still able to uh, nab that victory. But it's pretty unprecedented of just like how many guys we have out of the series right now and how many guys are just not at full steam. And obviously, like some people can call it excuses, but the reality is that Dylan Ferrandis, brand new motorcycle, kind of behind the eight ball rolling into the first round. And then Adam Cianciarulo in his in all of his awesomeness and his speed um, dealing with a hand issue that he can't be working at 100 percent either. So like there's a few factors that are, are, are playing into the fact that they're not throwing the absolute kitchen sink at this guy to be able to uh, to turn things around as far as being able to challenge him for wins, but he can't he can't determine that. Like he has to race the races that and the the athletes that are uh, posed against him. And um, yeah, the fact that he led every lap for the first six motos, he's won every moto so far. 
you got to tip the cap to the kid. And uh, I think the uh, the only person who can just go out there and straight up beat him might be uh, Chase Sexton. We might see him back as early as Redbutt. Definitely need to see him come back because, you know, having kickstart Kenny on the line this past weekend certainly made it interesting. I mean, he was up there. He gave him a little bit of a run, but uh, that also kind of brings up another subject, though. We've got the World Supercross starting July 1st. It's going to be hard to to bet against kickstart Kenny in, in that series. I, I mean, I see Savachi and, and maybe Colt Nichols, you know, and then my sleeper in that series, I'd have to say, was Justin Hill because as strong as he came out at the end of the Supercross series, I was... I was impressed. I'm like, wow, this guy is really riding the track aggressive and and to land on the podium before he left. So I think he's coming into that series with some momentum. But yeah, I think it's going to be pretty hard to stop Kenny. Yeah, I, I can't honestly say that I, I see anyone on the line that weekend in, weekend out is going to be able to, to challenge Kenny four race wins uh, or, or even make him push his pace. I think that Justin Brayton is a guy who, uh, even in his later years of his career, can still go very, very fast on a motorcycle. But I think that might be a little bit start dependent, like the the depth of talent, like just the fact that Kenny is going to be able to to get good starts. He's going to be up front and uh, and winning a lot of races this this summer. But the reality is, is that they're like they've got so many interesting things that are going on with that series. Whether it's the bracket racing, it's the fast lap challenge. Like the thing about World Supercross is that they they sort of approach the racing as like okay, like the main event might not be the biggest barn burner in the world, but you're gonna walk away from that event having a ga- damn good time. You're gonna hear good music. You're gonna you're gonna see some exciting stuff. Like like uh, the pyro is gonna be going off. This that and the other thing. So if it doesn't turn out to be the most scintillating race that you've ever seen in your entire life, you're still gonna feel like you got your value. And I think that there's something to be said for that. Is the similar to approach that you see from. Uh, uh, from even an NFL team, like you look at the, a modern stadium, like the the one the Cowboys play in, uh, you might do a lot of things at the football game, but not watch a lot of football, if you know what I'm saying. And that's if if that's what entertains people, then I, I'm all for it. Honestly, I think that bringing more eyeballs to the sport, maybe some people see it like that otherwise would never get an opportunity to see it in person. Lord knows that I wasn't lock, stock, and barrel into motocross until uh, I went to go see a Canadian national. Although it was a Canadian national, I had to be able to see it in front of my face. And I think if if that's what it takes for someone to to get into Supercross, then that's that's awesome. But I, I think you're right. I think Ken Roxon is going to have a very successful season defending his number one plate call me surprised if there's not some sort of vince freeze uh drama throughout at some point uh he'll be running the number three of all things uh and his teammate will be running the seven uh the freckle himself uh mitchell oldenburg but the races are going to be interesting i, I think it's really going to be great you've got rick ware racing defending a, a, a number one plate with uh, shane mcelrath shane mcelrath being maybe one of the nicest guys in the sport of motocross period the guy's an absolute gem and they're coming to Canada, which I'm a big fan of. And uh, if if Adam Bailey happens to be listening to this podcast, I would like to be your on-floor announcer for that particular event. But yeah, I think overall, though, like, you know, talking about the World Supercross and then just Supercross in general, I think between the two, competition to me is a good thing in this case because I feel like it's bringing more eyeballs to the sport in general. You know, we've seen the benefits on the, you know, on the on the U.S. side. They have upped their game. So I feel like this back and forth is only going to make things better for everyone. And it's also giving a lot of these riders that are, you know, maybe privateers, maybe a little towards the end of their career, an extra leg up, another another opportunity to make some money. So I think it's been good in that respect. 
But uh, so, what's next, though? You know, before as we get ready to close this down, what what's next on the on the list for Big MX slash Verb? Any fun projects on the horizon for you? Uh, we've got Lincoln Trail, uh, which is the uh, a Verb uh, Verb Shred Tour event that kicks off, uh, I believe, the seventh eighth weekend in July. Uh, in between that time, I'll definitely go get some throttle therapy on my uh, my KTM two fifty two stroke. Sweet. May not be as fast as I as I once was, but I'm as fast once as I ever was, and. Uh, yeah, we go out and enjoy ourselves. Uh, aside from that, um, like throughout the summer, uh, I'm looking to go to uh, to Millville. Like I mentioned right off the hop, only uh, about eight hours north or south of where I'm at right now. Uh, so that's a close national for me. It's also the crown jewel of the series, in my opinion. Best track on the series easily. Nice. And Loretta's. Loretta's is going to be fun, man. I, I'm really excited about it. I think there's a lot of kids rolling in there with a head of steam. And uh, that's going to be one that uh, some people are going to be glued to racer TV and want to watch. The biggest thing that blows me away these days is when you roll into an event like that. I mean, it's just the sheer amount of like motorhomes and fun movers. I mean, it is such a different level. You know, there's not not a lot of people showing up in pickup trucks anymore. That's for sure. Oh no, like yeah, if I if I even showed up in uh, with the 16 foot Vino's trailer, uh, bit and pulled by the F150 that I I show up to the races with, uh, we might get laughed out of the paddock on, on that one. Uh, it's it's a completely different uh, situation, but it should be because. Like the the Loretta Lynn's Amateur National Championships is the place for the who's who of every age group to show out and do their thing. That is uh, the absolute meeting ground for the the fastest amateur racers on the globe, um, especially in North America, and uh, and they show out and do their thing. And it's uh, it's a place to be. It's a it's a it's the uh, the race to see and be seen. And it all goes down at Hurricane Mills. It's like a sort of an annual pilgrimage that uh, the fastest people in the nation go there. It's a rite of passage for so many. And uh, yeah, if, if you if you're gonna show up, you better uh, yeah you better be too legit to quit with the full uh, full setup and the whole nine yards. Yeah, you gotta be willing to su- show up and suffer and uh, race dirt bikes. So yeah, that's pretty much a suffer fest whether you're watching or not. But well, that's the case for working in the industry as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's uh, true. <laughs> I, for as many uh, people as there is willing to work for free in the motocross industry, there's people who are willing to let you work for free uh, in the motocross industry. Uh, I've certainly uh, met a few of those along the way. But uh, Dale, I'm, I'm glad that I've come across people like yourself who have been uh, so encouraging and uh, provided me with opportunities to have those experiences that have kept me going through throughout the years and uh, for all those who happen to be a loyal listener of the Big MX Radio podcast I appreciate both of you <laughs> and uh, yeah it's 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 been a hell of a ride and it's nowhere close to being done well that's awesome to hear and I'm glad that you know you're getting some some return on you know what you've put into this and so looking forward to seeing more of what you have coming down the pipeline with uh, both Big MX and Verb Moto so Brad, really appreciate you spending some time with me today. And uh, any last words before we sign off on this episode? Hey, I appreciate the time, Dale. Uh, for those who haven't already checked out Big MX Radio on Instagram, social media, uh, follow along with us. Uh, come along with us on this journey. Uh, check out Big MX Radio on iTunes as well as Spotify. And you can check out all of my content uh, through Verb Moto. Uh, Verb Moto is a 
very important um, publication to the sport of motocross. It's about as core as it can possibly get because it's uh, it's it's owned by people who are, are genuine fans of the sport of motocross and just want people to be stoked on it. So uh, check out Verb Moto. Absolutely. And I'll add in one last thing. Definitely one of some of the best videos out there on the scene for moto videos. Wes Williams, I, I've told him this multiple times. He is mostly to blame for me doing uh, 942 episodes. So uh, if, you, if you're not a big fan of Big MX Radio, take it up with him. <laughs> Well, Brad, once again, appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to follow Pit Pass Moto on your favorite podcast listening app so you never miss an episode. And if you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media or visit pitpassmoto.com where you can listen to past episodes and purchase your very own Pit Pass Moto swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson and the production team at Wessler Media. I'm Dale Spangler. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode of Pit Pass Moto. Thanks for listening. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.